Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devils podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. I'm Shane Diefenbach, joined by two people today, Sean DePaz, as always, and Anthony Totry. How are we doing, fellas? I'm doing great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doing great. Yeah. How are you doing, Shane? Good. Uh, full tummy. Happy boy. <laughs> feeling good. Love a good work yeah. lunch. Yeah. Uh, had a nice focaccia from Zips. You don't know what a focaccia is. You're listening to the show. Shame on you, Sean. You just had your first one. I did have it? my first one. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was more like a going to be like a crispier outside, mm-hmm. but it was. I was pleasantly surprised. Good. Loving a good avocado, some bacon. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Have you ever had a focaccia? I haven't actually. Man, I, I would have gotten on your ass if I knew that. I didn't know what it was until half hour ago. It was the first time it zips. Yeah. Also, my first time it zips. That's disappointing. So. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, you know, it's not disappointing. Yeah, go ahead. Arizona State football. It, well, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, let me, let me reword that. Yeah. Arizona State football incoming transfers. Today. Yes. Okay. Today. All right. ASU getting a couple um, kind of surprising transfers mm-hmm. over the course of the last couple of days. Guys that can make a quick impact, it seems. Starting off with uh, Chris Martinez, a guard from SDSU. Um Initial thoughts. Well, the offensive line needs help. We know that. Um, starter for every game, I believe, last year. Yep. So, I mean, experience, you can't teach size and a big body. And being a guard in a Power 5 conference isn't easy, especially starting at every position or in every game. Um, there's no negatives to this. There's no really negatives to any transfer. If there's a negative to a transfer, then you're getting somebody crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so – Surprised, but pleasantly surprised for sure. You know, getting help up front, need it. What about you, Sean? Uh, big dude, 6'4, 3'10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like Shane said, we need help on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, and so it's good. Um, I mean, anything, what Herm talked earlier in the year about how we're going to need to rely on the transfer portal a lot. And I think it was a little slow to kind of see the names come in. So now that we're starting to see a few guys that can come in, and especially guys like this that have experience playing for a, a solid school like i think it's just it's good to see that we're not just completely like laying laying ducks next yeah. year like 12 world beaters San Diego State. <laughs> yes <laughs> of course hey, he might be blocking for a new quarterback so they've got a transfer <laughs> quarterback. i'm just throwing that, that out bold. there this is, so paul tyson 
He transferred from Alabama. He played in 24 varsity high school football games, 69 touchdowns, nice. over 6,500 passing yards. Uh, really similar to the situation a couple of years ago. Manny Wilkins was coming off kind of a, da- a down year, um, and they had Blake Barnett coming in transfer. There was a quarterback competition there for a quick minute. Manny ended up winning the job. Um, that situation with Blake didn't really work out, but yeah. this kind of feels different. Yeah, well, the Manny situation, there was, there was more of an open door because not only Manny – coming off not a great year, but also just not the like least problematic person, you know? Yeah. Like there was some, there's some stuff that happened with Danny and great guy from all accounts, but just, you know, there, there, the, the door was more open in this situation. I mean, dude, yeah. Like I, from, from a fan standpoint, I understand the griping about Jaden's off year, but you just, you can't teach a deep ball that pure. And I don't think, and plus this guy is Paul Tyson has three years of eligibility left. I mean, I don't think he's expecting to start right away. It would be nice if it was an actual quarterback battle, but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, me either. I mean, that's what I when I saw this transfer, that's kind of what I was thinking is that we have quarterback for a couple of years to come. Is uh what you said three years of eligibility. Yeah. And I mean, he wasn't he didn't really snip playing time at Alabama, but anybody that I think put on that crimson is yeah. it, it's exciting to see them yeah. now wearing yeah. the marooning bowl. So I I think it'll be interesting, like different style quarterback than Jaden. So it'll be interesting to see, especially Herm sticks around how the kind of the system changes around him, how the offense changes around him. Um, so I think it's just nice, like I was saying, to have people come into the transfer portal, and I think this provides us the quarterback position and hopefully a legitimate starter once Jaden leaves. Yeah, and this the quarterback position in Alabama has never been like insane. Just I mean, just winning their yeah. first Heisman, Bryce Young. Um, so I kind of I kind of wish there was a guard that came from Alabama like SDSU. <laughs> My God, those men are big. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, so, solid start to do well, the middle of the transfer season, but solid start for ASU. What do you think this does for Jaden? Yeah. Do you think it builds almost like I think we're gonna learn something about Jaden Daniels now, um, especially in camp, right, or even spring ball of like, okay, there's someone else here. Now, I know you guys said you don't think Tyson really, this isn't yeah. a quarterback competition, but you got a guy now that's coming from, you know, a purebred yeah. college football. It doesn't get any better or higher level than Alabama. So does this boost his confidence, or do you think he takes another step back? Any quarterback, any other quarterback in the nation this does something to does nothing to Jaden. Jaden doesn't care about things. Like, if from just like, a, I mean, I'm sure he does. I know, I definitely know that this affects him in some way, but they're down 30 up 30. It's the same Jaden Daniels. And I feel like that's how he takes everything in life. And they just, that's just not how he is affected by things. I I don't think it affects him that much. I don't think like he definitely notices it. And he definitely, if he won't admit, I bet he does put on more of an effort in camp, but you won't see it if you're watching camp. Um, So maybe this does help him get to the next level. Maybe he works an extra, a little bit extra hard in the off season, but I don't think it does much. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think if this was like a quarterback that had like a standout season from like a group of five mm-hmm. trying to get to a power five school, transferring to ASU, Jaden might feel a little pressure from that. My guess is that Herm may have already talked to him and reassured that he's his guy. Mm-hmm. He's not, this is not really a threat. Like I said, he has three years of eligibility still, so I think probably more of a move for the future for both ASU and for, um, for Paul. So I don't think... Like I mean, like Shane said, he's never been the kind of guy that's 
gotten too high, too low. Like, he doesn't really ever seem to get affected by things. So I don't think it's going to affect him that much. I, if anything, I think it'll be, it'll be good for him to have another quarterback that, again, didn't have a lot of playing time, but did go to a, a school like Alabama and kind of has that experience and can just push him to be better. But I don't think it's going to be any more, like, coming from a, I don't think Jane is going to feel threatened at all. No. I think it's just going to yeah. force both of them to be better. What do you think? You know, I like the transfer of Tyson for the program in general. Uh, I think as far as Jaden Daniels goes, I think this boosts his play. Um, I think from a competitive standpoint, you always want to be the best player on your team, um, and especially a quarterback, right? It, it, it always starts there, and this is Jaden's team. I don't think it's going to change. Um, but I think it is going to boost his play. Don't be surprised, though, if Tyson does sneak in somewhere if ASU is having a rough start. We, again, we saw the Barnett trip years ago. Like, oh, Congress, situation where he had a progress this year, mm-hmm. or, or it might be the end. So it wouldn't be shocked to see him is here yeah. do start off a little shaky. Yeah, uh, and you know, it will be smart. I bet you do hear it for her to mention him as this is a quarterback. I don't just get out there and okay. maybe, uh, um, Jaden think about a little bit. I mean, uh, I don't know what the relationship is. I've said this all year. We don't really know what's going on, especially with all the investigation stuff. Like, there are some weird moments, but we don't really know. Nobody knows what that environment is except for the players in the locker room yeah. coaches. So I would love to see how Jaden interacts with his team off the field because on the field it just seems like, I'm going to throw, I'm going to do this. It's, there's not a lot of passion. Um, yeah. I'm sure he plays with passion, but just he's not, he's not good at showing it. Yeah, and there was um, – so coming from South Bend, right, yeah. covering Notre Dame, very similar to um, – Jack Cohn mm-hmm. in the just the way they carry themselves. Yeah. Like you can tell, yes, there's no question they love the game. Yeah. Uh, but they they never get too high, they never get too low. It's like I just think of Owen Wilson. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's exactly how I feel like they carry themselves. But at the end of the day, no one cares if you're winning games. I don't care if you are on a mountain or if you're in the valleys, whatever. Like as long as they're winning both games, I think. That's yeah. all that really matters. Uh, but just keep it moving. Same position. Uh, ASU losing a guy now. Ethan Long during the transfer portal just a couple, couple hours ago. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that? Uh, it definitely came up the heel of Paul Tyson. Yeah. I mean, you back up Trent Morgay, too. Like, there's just there's not much room for him to move. It's, I think it's a good move for him. It's not a big loss. My means for it, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> same way. I mean, it's I have with Ethan. the transfer portal now. It's kind of the name of the game. If you're that barrier in the death chart, you might as well go somewhere. Just sucks. You never got to go to now. Yeah. <laughs> well, a guy on the defensive side of the ball, some devils getting from Miami, a defensive tackle, Nesta Jade Silver. What a name! It's a great name. And I heard or was just reading um, an article, I guess a Hurricanes podcast, talking about how they feel like he was at times the best defensive player on that team. We'd love to hear that, um, especially with ASU's defense kind of going through a rebuilding phase, especially in the front of the ball. I mean, 
you know, getting Darian Butler back, Eric Gentry is still going to be a – he's going to probably be the cornerstone to this defense in the front seven. Um, DJ Davidson not coming back. So getting a defensive tackle. I feel like ASU has always had those solid big dudes that just cause havoc in uh, on the line. And, I mean, you think back to Will Sutton, um, DJ Davidson yeah. was that. And then now, now he can be – I just love big, solid – Strong dudes. Doesn't matter what they're what they're what they're, what, what they're doing. Getting on the ASU defensive line because it just adds so much more. And ASU has had sets blitzing corners and uh, doing stunts with unders, but a, a large part of it comes from how beefy this defensive line usually is. Yeah, 100%. where do you think he fits in here? I mean, I think he can slide. Like I mean, like Shane said, our defense is going through a rebuild. We need this kind of, these kind of moves, and it's it's I think more so than any of the other transfer moves. Like this is a guy that's played a bunch. He is like you said. Some people consider him the best player on that Miami defense. He's coming from like I'm the ACC. Miami was not anything special this year. Yeah, but, but it's prideful. It doesn't yeah, matter what yeah. what they're like. That there's a culture there, and exactly. still, and you yeah, can bring that over. Exactly, I'll get that. Like, and like this is a he's a, he's a Florida guy. Like, it's, mm-hmm. and it's I I feel like this is just the kind of thing where again getting someone from a power five school with a, an established program that has a history like this, it's only gonna help. Like, it's it's only gonna help uh, outside of the football thing. And then I just think he's going to, like our defense needs guys like this, like like Shane was saying, big guys. So yeah. I think I think it's going to be a very very strong addition. Maybe I th- I think it'll end up being out of all of these these transfers that we talk about, probably the the most important one um, and probably the most productive player we get out yeah. of the transfer portal this year. Totally agree. He is from again what I've read an effort guy. Like yeah. he is up forty down forty. You're getting everything out of him, and that's so huge, especially at such a crucial position yeah. on that defense. Um, but another big transfer, not to ASU, but just within the conference, Brendan Rice, the son of NFL legend Jerry so Rice, excited. transferring from Colorado to none Why other you have to than tweet that out USC. Of our account, man. I oh look, I really thought I talked to Brendan. Yeah. Um, I shot him a text last night or two nights before before he made the announcement, just wishing him luck. Um, but he's such a family dude. Yeah. Um such a home guy that's why i really did think Man, that i'd be more of a family dude if jerry Rice was my dad. <laughs> I, I really thought that he was going to he was going to come home just yeah. because he's got such a strong relationship with his mom i know that was tough for him being away from his mom while he was in colorado um you know he could have been that home Especially yeah. on an ACU team he needs to be you know, a number one yeah. that it's just Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this, this is one way. That's exactly what they hired him for. Um, they, I mean, this is not for probably not in the last. I, you have to wonder if a move like this has anything to do with like the uh, that killed Williams with it up there. Like, um, like it's it's one of those things where, I mean, this is like this is why they hiring him. Right? Yeah. It's to get guys like this. Obviously, it would have been amazing if he was here. But I think this is going to be the game. ASU has to play in the future is competing with USC now. We were we were trying to take guys from Southern California. I yeah. think it's gonna. I think that pipeline's gonna kind of start flowing the other way. Yeah, it's the thing that really stinks is this is ASU's window to win the yeah. Pac-12 South this year. They should have been able to do it. Um, they were set up perfectly. Yeah, and now I think this year still this coming year. I think they definitely still have a chance. Not as good as they did um, last year, but. To some point, for the next four years, I mean, Lincoln Riley is going to change the program around. It already is changing. It's already changing. It's getting scarier. And buckle in because ASU is going to need to fight, especially, and again, I'm, I say this all the time, without any of the impending ban or anything that's come yet. You just don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's scary. What are your initial thoughts? I think, and that move was made, kind of like Sean said, so much with Lincoln Riley and the large assumption that Caleb Williams will be quarterbacking yeah. Trojans next year um, or this upcoming season. So I think that is going to be a scary, scary team, not just for ASU, but it, it's clear that the Pac-12 now runs through USC yeah. just like it did, you know, so, so long ago. Um, but I think if I'm in, like, from an ASU fan's perspective, this is just the way that I'm looking at it, right? Like Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. They're, they're, the talent that they had there, yeah. I think, is far superior sure. to USC. Um, and for me, if I'm a player, like, I don't want Lincoln Riley as my coach. Like, he dipped out on a lot of guys at Oklahoma at the flip of a switch. Like, I want my coach to be there at the top and at the bottom. But this can, man left for nothing but himself. Just, uh, but can you blame him? Yeah, that's where if I'm. Uh, Look, if I'm in one of his players' positions, especially with someone like Caleb Williams, who's might be following him. My mindset is like, this is this is not something you can turn down. This is USC. You have a chance to be the head coach of USC, and what they're offering you. Like, Would you rather move into a really nice colonial apartment with a great view, or given the same amount of money to build your own apartment brand new? Like, this is what this is. He's he has free reign to do whatever he yeah. wants and transform this program. I can't blame him. Get what you're saying. But man, if I'm if I'm at USC, I'm I'm stoked. I'm so stoked. and and not to mention the fact that look what Oklahoma is. Oklahoma is not getting the chance to for years to come yeah. run yeah. the Big Twelve. Yeah. They have to now go compete with LSU, Alabama, Auburn for recruits, A and M, like all of this. They're stuff. gonna say Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Cincinnati, but no, like the, <laughs> the, the they're gonna be in the SEC. The the outlook for Oklahoma, I think, is much worse than it is for yeah. Yeah. USC. So I, I get it. I get it. And if I'm Lincoln Riley, I think if any one of us and anyone listening like is Lincoln Riley, I think you make that same decision, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. From like a strictly personal perspective. But in the role that Lincoln Riley has to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has to be the constant at a program as a head coach should be for a top tier program. But I can't help but wonder that if I was a player committing to USC or even thinking about it, that that is not something that I would either ask him or that that would not be in the back of my mind of like, you know what? Okay. Like he had it pretty good yeah. at Oklahoma. He's had top tier talent. Yes. They're moving on, but like, 
that it, could he do it again? I wish that was ASU's problem. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think if you're like a, a Southern California recruit or someone like Bryce, like I think that sure that's in the back of your mind, but I think you're looking at this like oh, especially if you're from Southern California, like, oh, USC is gonna be USC again. Yeah, like this is Culture. exciting. Yeah, I think I think you're not even thinking about bring back Pete Carroll who's gonna, Bush. <laughs> who's gonna be able to offer Lincoln Riley something better than what he had the setup and the, the opportunity he has at USC. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't think the threat of him leaving is the same as him leaving the situation he had in Oklahoma. And that's been the new thing. I mean, we saw it just this past offseason of how quickly coaches this are going to bounce. A while like, at, coming, and again, coming from South Bend. Yeah, I was about to say, you saw it right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian Kelly, like, in, like, overnight, it wasn't even a week after beating Stanford and talking about, like, that post-game press conference. He's talking about this team is a top four team. This yeah. is a playoff team. And days later, yeah, the fair godmother he's gave, going to, gave him the money yeah. and gave him an accent. Baton Rouge, yeah, yeah immediately. <laughs> my my God. But, like, and it was just, it was absurd. He did the best thing for him, I guess. But it, it, it's a different situation I, with, like, Oklahoma. But, like, Notre Dame, for example, at that period of time was still in contention yeah. for a playoff spot and left before the announcement, like, Again, that's just like it's a different stage so of college football, but that's kind of where we're at. We're like, it's it's a dog eat dog world, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what's best for me and my family at that time. Yeah, I think also in terms of how like recruits look at this, I think Lincoln Riley and Kelly like they handled the situations very differently. For her. and I think yeah. I think I think if anything, what Kelly did helps Lincoln Riley because you like you look at these situations and you're like, well, I mean, this guy didn't spend four minutes talking to his players and leave yeah like with no questions no question like he handled this in a way that if you're going to do this you should handle it mm-hmm. and so i feel like the confidence in someone like Lincoln Riley is probably a little higher yeah i agree so back to ast really back in ace you didn't get the big weapon in brandon rice not yeah, yet yeah, yeah. but from from the roster they've got now where is this big star? Who is this big star? Do they even have one on the roster right now that you trust? I th- yes, I think JD5 is still a star. I really do think that. I, I think that all the criticism, while some of it is warranted, um, you have to look at the surrounding weapons. I mean, this just this is the least talented receiving core he's had. Um, there were some moments, there were some guys, and now Johnny Wilson's comments. There's a lot to work out. I think they need a receiver. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing, I think they need a receiver, especially if LV leaves. Um, and even if he doesn't, can he step up and be that guy? There was no bona fide stud in the receiving core that ASU has had in the past. And it, it's, it's almost like Herm needs that to survive. He needs big shot plays. Because think about how this offense is set up. In the running back position, I'm not worried at all. I mean, Xavier Williams can do it. I'm totally fine with Ngata also. Like I, 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 the running backs coach, whatever they teach those running backs at ASU, they know what they're doing. All of them run so patient. They to take people's heads off. I'm fine with it. Their offensive line is usually solid. However, the way this offense is set up, it's set up in such a way where they try to force the run down your throat and then they survive on big shot plays like play action. And they couldn't get that this year because either JD5 would miss a throw or nobody would get open or a combination of both. And that's where this 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 team is lacking the most is a wide receiving core that can win you games, and they don't have that. A um, little bit worried about their defense, but you guys handle that. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about this for weeks now. Like the the receiving core is, I think, 
what needs is like my biggest concern. Yeah. And I don't know where they're getting that help from. Um, I mean, transfer portal is a wild place. You don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. literally 10 minutes from now. But I think, I think, I don't know what the backfield is going to look like in terms of if we're going to end up having one guy take all the touches again or if we're going to have, if like the three running backs we have are going to form like a, a tandem. Um, but I'm not concerned about that. I, I think I'm, I think it just it it comes down to Jaden. Like he yeah. just needs to figure it out again. Like I I think if we get into a situation like last year where the offense is kind of predictable, like it goes through one player, then I don't think he stands any chance. I think the coaches have to put him in a better position to succeed. And then, like you said, someone if we don't get someone in the transfer portal, someone has to step up. Um, defensively, I I just. I have a. I don't even know what this is going to look like, just because like there's going to be so many people that have to step up, yeah. and and it's it's such a like we said earlier a rebuild phase that it's. I feel like it, it might be a situation where it takes a game or two for them to kind of figure it out, and it, it's unfortunate that we have Oklahoma State early in the season, but um, we're not. You're not think excited about, about that, that game. <laughs> I think we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot um, pretty early on about how this team. I think spring ball is going to tell you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to learn how, how much this team loves Herm. Yeah. Because they're not stupid. Mm. They know how important this season is for Herm's future here. Um, and just for the program in general. Uh, so they are either going to be committed and, you know, a lot of guys do have to step up. Yeah. Like you both mentioned on both sides of the ball. So if they want it that badly, if they love Herm as their coach that badly, then they're going to do it. They're going to find a way to get it done um, and get wins, not just for them and the program, but to keep Herm around. Because mm-hmm. you figure if that doesn't happen, like there there has to be a conversation that Ray has to have with Herm. Like, hey, w- there was a lot of promises made when that hire happened. There was a lot of optimism and a lot of hope, as there usually is with a head coaching hire. But this is where the program's at with you know a lot to still be decided um in terms of the investigation so they've got to get guys to step up and it's just a matter of time of if they actually do or not yeah yeah there's the defense especially there's going i'm not super worried about the i mean the secondary is definitely gonna need some work um you're losing safeties you're losing two starting corners yeah, Jordan, Chase Lucas hurts a lot. Yeah, Chase Lucas, Jack Jones, both gone. But you're getting Jordan Clark, who's now going into his redshirt sophomore or redshirt junior, excuse me, um, who showed at times that he was a stud last year. I mean, a great pick against Stanford, um, solid player. Just you need you. They're going to need to have players where you hear in spring ball like this guy is working for a starting job. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not super worried about the front seven. It's that secondary that can be scary. Going from the best secondary in the Pac-12 to now one of the bottom tier ones but still to be seen um you know what's not seen mm. my bet slips lately. <laughs> don't look at them they've been bad on the DraftKings sportsbook app and if you want to win money and not lose money like i have been in the last couple weeks you can go ahead and download that DraftKings sportsbook app and use the promo code phnx when you sign up because we're on to the divisional round sorry sean i know you're scared of <laughs> nfl playoffs mm-hmm. um you can bet just five dollars on the bills or whoever you think is going to win Get 56 to 1 odds ahead of Super Bowl 56 and get your $280 in free bets if your team wins. Do you guys have a lock of who you think is going to win outright this week? It's got to be the Packers. Yeah. I think it has to be the Packers. I'm going to go bold here. I think the Bengals are a lock. What? Yeah. 
Especially, especially with Derrick Henry yet to be activated. Right now, you could still get the Bengals as the underdogs in that game. Well, but this morning it was said that Derrick Henry with contact was fine. With contact, still yet to be activated. I he's going to get. I yeah, I I have no. I I think Derrick Henry. I think regardless, even without Derrick Henry, the Bengals being a lock is really that Titans defense, dude. It's sneaky. It's sneaky good. I I think I think. It's probably it's probably the Packers. I think, I like that's Packers. The, I think the Packers bet. Give me steamroll. Joey. <laughs> give me Joey. Give me Jamar. Give me the Bengals. What, what, Absolutely. What Joe, what? Joey, uh, what are they calling him on Twitter? Oh, it's a great nickname. Macaulay Culkin? No, there's a really good nickname <laughs> on Twitter. Um, but anyway, guys, download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code PHNX by just five dollars on any money line in the NFL this week for the divisional round. Get 56 to 1 odds and win $280 in free bets. If your team emerges victorious, that's that's uh, promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800 next step. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. Um, do we want to talk about the best team at ASU right now? You're talking about ASU men's basketball right now? Triathlon? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, triathlon is probably the best team, yeah. but... Yeah, let's talk ASU men's basketball. It's been a couple days since the absolute thriller um, and clearly the best two teams in the Pac-12, ASU and Utah. Uh, But how are we feeling just, you know, emotionally after such a roller coaster of a game? Kind of where is this program going now that they got a win? That's what they're calling calling Joe Burrow. That's what they're calling him. Um, (laughs) That's clean. I'm feeling so excited. Uh, my man Bobby Hurley, who has not been doubted by ASU fans this entire year, ever actually, ever Never. in his entire career. Um, I, look, there are still many things that they need to work out. Um, we covered this a little on the post game show. Marion Jackson played okay, um, but better. okay is really good for him. Yeah, right better, now. I'll take better. Um, he, <laughs> hit two, he hit two really big threes. Yes, um, and that's what I saw at Toledo in the MAC, baby. He can be a stud on this team. And if the, if he gets hot at the right time, this is a completely different team because what they struggle with the most is creating offense. And he is the definition of instant offense when he's hot um, because his bad shots that people say they're bad shots, which they are when he's so cold, but his bad shots will turn into good shots because of how much firepower he has um, and how many weapons he has in his arsenal. So he's the X factor for me. He will mm-hmm. always be the X factor for me. Um, and yeah, you got good play from... Two players who have had some pretty bad games in the past couple of months, uh, uh, in uh, Jalen Graham and Kamani Lawrence. So, I'm feeling good. You know, tough schedule coming up, but I'm feeling good. Okay, Sean, I yeah, I feel ca- cautiously optimistic. I would say, like, I feel like the potential is there. This is a, this is a game they needed to win. Uh, and yes. yes, they did it. They uh, they won, and I think that's all you could really ask for them from this game. It was not pretty by any stretch the imagination but i i don't know basketball really it rarely is like they they got the job done and so i feel like if they just need to build off this like they just all i want to see is them not take a step backwards like as long as they can just find some consistency i think boom the the opportunity for them to do things Stanford's winnable. oh for sure definitely and like like that's all all as i want is consistency especially once we get to the pac-12 tournament yeah, like I just want them to be consistent. I think for me, Jalen Graham is like I, I. There's, I mean, we could talk about Marion forever, but like I think Jalen, like he, 
hit a big shot. Like he he was crucial in that game. I just think having him be consistent would be it would help me, this team a lot. Let me ask you guys this. He didn't start, neither did Marion. Both played better games. Um, even though Jalen Graham had a good game last game as well. Do you think they stick with the same starting lineup? I don't know why you wouldn't. If you won, if you if it worked, it's not like what we did before was was working. So like, yeah. Um, the only why the only reason why I question a little bit is because Marion didn't start, Jalen Graham didn't start, and both of them finished the game. Marion came in with like four minutes into the second half and finished the rest of the game. Um, I, I, I think that might be good. Yeah, like, spark I off think, the bench. I think it might be because I, I think oftentimes it's more important who finishes the game. Than DJ Horn and Jay Heath aren't point guards though. I mean, DJ Horn can play the point, but. Does it really matter when you're not really no, doing yeah. much? It, it was nice matter. seeing Marion, like some of the passes he was making, yeah, he's some got of the, great the, the open shooters he was finding. Yeah. Um, and but so I guess for that reason it would be nice for him to start, but it just it hasn't been working. So I feel like what they the lineup that they started with last game, I think is I was what is what I would stick with. Big one, Bobby. And I think it provides having those guys come off the bench. It provides a spark. I yeah. like to see Gaffney off the bench. I don't want him to start. I, I yeah, he didn't just, score, did he? No. And he, <laughs> he, he took four shots, and all of them were threes. Hey, shoot or shoot. It can't happen. Shoot or shoot. Let's you know what's funny let's is, let's this is actually, I remember at the start of the game, they st- put the starting lineup up on the screen on Pac-12 Network, and they had Gaffney at the three, where you put the yeah. three slot. And I was like, uh, no, no, no. And I guess he kind of <laughs> was playing the three. <laughs> That's all he was playing. My God. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sean, you said it, consistency. I feel like that's got to be the word. Oh yeah, for ASU when when it comes to scoring, they are quite literally the lowest scoring team. They're consistently bad. Consistently the worst scoring team yeah. in the Pac-12. Uh, lowest scoring team in the Pac-12, just sixty-two points a game. I think they had what sixty-four against Utah. So I mean, yeah. a little bit above average there. Um, and then the biggest thing that kind of stuck out for me was how poorly this team shot from the charity stripe. Like. Yeah. They only average nine free throws a game. Again, the lowest in the conference. Um, And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe they made just one second half free throw against Utah. Uh, That's, that's got to change. Well, you know, it's so it's inconsistency. What's so crazy is at the start of this year, I was like, dude, does ASU have a good free throw shooting team? Because (laughs) they won two games. The game in Oregon kept a minute. The game against GC, three games actually, the game against GC, the three game winning streak when I thought they were world beaters. They beat Oregon <laughs> by some good free throws. Um, GCU, this was after the 29 point performance against Oregon. And then they played at home against GCU, hit some big free throws. But then the Creighton game, they they won that game because they hit free throws at the end of the game. There, there was like four possessions back to back and they hit eight straight or 10 straight free throws, I want to say. And Marion hit four of those. And now, I mean, Jalen Graham cannot find the bucket when he's at the stripe. It's uh-uh. crazy. Uh, and it, again, it just like a lot of things with this team, it's a lot of it's mental, and so is consistency. Consistency is all mental. Um, we've said this a couple times after they've won this year. Hopefully, this win will spark them to some way, but I think they need to string together at least another win. Listen, I'm just saying a couple things. ASU hasn't lost since I got back to Arizona. Yep. Just saying, so we'll see if they keep that. And just you know, bypassing the Stanford game just a little bit. They play USC on Monday. Mm-hmm. ASU. 2 and 0 on Mondays. Mm. So, hey, 3 and 0. Monday madness. So, um, call it. We'll get 3 and 0. 67% from the line. Um, that's a D, it. by the way. What? That's a D, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only person shooting, there's two people shooting above 90%, uh, Marion and DJ Horn, who's 100%. Oh. 
DJ Horn has got to be what changes this team. If this team wants to string together wins, DJ Horn, Kamani Lawrence have to pick up everybody else and put them in a backpack and just go. This is my biggest issue with this team is they're only averaging, they're averaging under 12 assists a game. And that's why they struggle so much with, with their shooting percentages because they don't get good shots. Yeah. When you find open guys, like you found Jay Heath open. I mean, the dude, Jay Heath's shooting 41% from the three point line this year. DJ Horn shooting 40% from the three point line this year. When you find your best shooters in open spaces, they're going to knock them down. And I, I think the number I'll grab it. I think the number was only seven assists in that Utah game. Like that's crazy. Well, you, I mean, you saw it. Nobody, and I won't, I won't say nobody, but there are a lot of possessions where it is. It feels like it's just one-on-one basketball. They don't move. No one's yeah, cutting. Well, no one's doing anything. There was moments during that game where they looked like they were actually playing, like they had an offense. We were like, oh wow, look at like they're actually doing something. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, you you saw like when. Like I mentioned, like when Marianne would drive with the ball basket, like drive to the basket, he would have someone open in the corner. He would find them. Like mm-hmm. when they move the ball and they actually get people open, they can produce offense. And they just don't do that consistently enough, consistently enough. And like I, I don't know if it, if it's Bobby or if it's them just not listening to Bobby, but like they need to find open because like we've talked about it. This team is super talented, like individually talented, yeah. but they don't put themselves in positions to succeed. Once they start doing that. I think this is a team that has the potential. I'm not saying they're going to beat any everyone, but they have the potential to surprise people. Yeah, they have, and, they have the potential to be uh, have a competitive game in every single game yes. they play. It was seven assists in the Colorado game. They had 14, um, and against Utah, still not a great number, but mm, seven assists. That's a rough number. Yeah. No, I mean, that, I mean, in, in turning, you know, a little bit of a positive note, right? Yay. They shot... They made, let's say they made the one free throw in the second half. Um, they had minimal assists against Utah. There was a lot of empty possessions, but at the end of the day, they, still won. they found a way to win. They right. Still won. And yeah. if you're an ASU fan, that's the biggest thing. And that's just sports in general. Like at the end of the day, in, in a month from now, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, oh, yeah, that Utah game went down to the buzzer. Mm-hmm. No one's going to remember the, the poor free throw shooting. At the end of the day, this team got it done, yep. they had the will to win after not playing because of COVID for a bunch of weeks, after not winning at home for a bunch of weeks. And that's what you love to see if you're an ASU basketball fan is this team hasn't quit. They haven't given up yet. And that is a lot to be happy about going into, you know, again, aside from the Stanford game, you've got a lot of tough opponents. And then you've got the Pac-12 tournament. We all all know how great the Pac-12 I mean, is this season yeah. in terms of talent? So that's something that you want to see if you're an AC basketball fan. Is this team hasn't given up, and I don't think they're going to give up anytime soon. No, I don't. I just don't think you do under Bobby Hurley. And I'm sorry, Jalen Graham. He went two for three and had the most free throws on the ASU. Um, <laughs> they, they shot three for twelve. Yeah, from the free oh, throw three for twelve. Was, that's better. what I was going to say. I mean, you look at teams that like, went over. may not be the greatest, but like you look at Colorado, who has been a surprisingly good team. And we talked about it before that Colorado game. Mm-hmm. They're one of the best teams in the nation at getting to the free throw line and yep. making free throw shots. That makes such a big and, difference, and it's not this the, game wouldn't be close without. And them. it's not the way that they're built because ASU is almost built the same way. I mean, Evan Batty and Jabari Walker are two big dudes that basically play at the same time with each other, and that's why they get to the free throw line so much because they're two massive guys that they run the offense through. Mm-hmm. They can run the offense through guys like Jalen Graham, who, by the way, scored 14 points in like 16 minutes, I believe, in that game. Like he didn't play much, um, and he was able to produce. So let me see. 
four, yeah, uh, 14 minutes, he had 12 points. Hmm. When you run the offense through guys like that, and I know Gaffney isn't really a face-up, back to the or a back to the basket guy is more of a face-up, you know, mid-range guy for some reason. I don't really understand it. Um, but even Enoch, like, you can run the offense through these big guys and play a little in-and-out game. If you play, Like, that's what Utah was doing to ASU. They were playing the in-and-out game. They'd feed it down low, and they'd kick it out for an open three. ASU needs to do that. I want to see bigger assist numbers from their big men. Yeah, 100%. And they were drawing – I mean, Utah did a great job of drawing fouls. And yeah. They were at the line. It felt like every other possession. And the difference was they were knocking them down. And then ASU would try and do the same thing and didn't, you know. This game would not have been close if they made free throws. No, not at all. That game doesn't come down to the last possession, if that's the case. Um, but ASU gets the win. They've got Saturday. Stanford, Stanford, what, 10-5 and five on the year? 2-3 and three in the conference, I believe. Um, Stanford has won four of their last five. Their last loss was just their last game against Washington. I believe that was a three-point loss. So Stanford... Playing well, so this would be a big kind of tell-all game for ASU. If they can get this win, I think there is a lot of hope um, leading up to that big stretch and then the Pac-12 tournament. And before we get on to Stanford, guys, just to remember, come and join the PHNX family. It makes it way more fun to be an Arizona sports fan. Um, you can join the members-only Discord. We got deals of the week for members as well. You can get your first first month for just 50 cents and get an annual membership for just under 60 bucks. You get a free t-shirt with that as well. I'm wearing my PHNX um, All-City shirt, and it feels very fantastic. <laughs> it's just soft. Um, or, or actually, fun fun story. This morning, I worked out in my PHNX Sun Devil shirt, and then I put on this PHNX shirt. So I just live, breathe. I don't eat the shirts, but basically, <laughs> um, it's a fantastic place. Over You also get good coverage. Shane <laughs> eats the shirts. That's what he <laughs> That'd be unique. Good coverage of all the teams, including ASU, U of A. Suns, Cardinals, Coyotes, a bunch of other stuff. So head over to the PHNX Locker. Check out the good merch that we always got dropping and head over to gophnx.com and become part of our family. Um, so, yeah, Stanford coming up. Uh, what's our plan for that? A win. A win? A Love win it. over a Pac-12 team with a winning record mm-hmm. that's gone four or five. So I think that's that's what's got to be next, right? But again, that's not till Saturday, 9 p.m. tip. We'll have more of a pregame kind of on that Thursday pod coming out at four. But boys, for now, uh, I think it was a successful Wednesday. It was. Pleasure as always, guys. Peace.